We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Studio at the ABC and Osmo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover, and this week with the music, it's Amy Williamson. Please welcome her. And our panel, Tommy Dean, Jean Kitson, Jennifer Wong. And our audience this week drawn from Kalala Bay, Armadale, Budgie Roy, Hobart, Blackheath, and Watanabe. But first, as always, here's the news from nowhere. Why were we so entranced by the moon landing 50 years ago? Well, to understand, you need to know something about what life was like in 1969. In Australia, it was only in 1969 they decided to fit seatbelts to new cars. They were included in the vehicles, but you still didn't have to wear them. Later, they made you wear them but only if you were in the front seats. The kids were on the back seat, often standing in a row, <laughs> like little rockets. That was the only launch pad we knew. In Victoria in 1969, this is true, it was illegal to publish a Sunday newspaper in case you disturbed the Sabbath. That law changed eventually, but there was no Sunday newspaper in Melbourne in time to report the moon landing. And the technology generally was crap. That's why it seemed so miraculous when they landed on the moon, then got safely back, there and back, without a breakdown. That was a feat that would defy the average car on a trip to the local shops. <laughs> then there were the TVs. Neil Armstrong might have made a giant step for mankind, but we watched it on a set so tiny you could hardly see it. Hardly anyone had an external antenna. We instead relied on a pair of rabbit ears, remember those, which would sit atop the set. And prior to watching a program, the two metal antennae would be scissored in various directions, up and down and across like the legs of a synchronised swimmer in the hope of achieving a picture that didn't dissolve into a series of zigzagging lines. And the, often the only solution was to recruit a child to stand beside the set... <laughs> Finger touching the antenna for the duration of the whole program. Who, who here did that? Yeah. Thank God the moon landing happened during school hours. Otherwise, none of us kids would have ever got to see it. We'd be the ones standing beside the set on one leg, a coat hanger in your mouth in case it helped. If you wonder why so few Australians from this time managed to learn a second language or, or win a Nobel Prize for science, now you know the answer. Most Australian childhoods were largely spent holding the antenna so the parents could watch Bellbird. <laughs> Bellbird or Skippy the Bush Kangaroo, in which a marsupial was able to give complex instructions via a series of t -t sound effects. T -t -t what? What's that, Skippy? Some criminals are operating a tax minimisation and drug importation scheme down by the creek, and if we approach from the north, we'll be able to safely photograph them and present the evidence to police. Thanks, Skip. <laughs> of course, 
by comparison to that rubbish, the moon landing caught our attention. How did they achieve it? How did they get the technology that actually worked in 1969? I mean, this is a time when the main source of recorded music for most of us was the cassette tape. Do you remember the cassette tape? Chief among the problems, the tape would stretch if left in the sun, which happened during any long road trip. You'd start a summer holiday with something upbeat by the Bee Gees and drive home to a selection of Gregorian chants. <laughs> that the plastic box in which the cassette was packaged was cunningly designed so that all the pressure was placed at the weakest point. Two tiny plastic hinges which would snap if you stared at them, plus a surface that accumulated scratches in a way that made the cover impossible to read. After three weeks in the glove box of the car, it was impossible to tell whether you were about to play Beethoven's Third or The Beatles. Also, to use a cassette, you needed to keep a pencil handy. <laughs> Don't understand? Ask someone over 50. <laughs> of course, by 1970, everything had changed. We'd landed on the moon, we'd seen the beauty of our own planet, and the new technology brought unspeakable wonders. Chief among them, space food sticks in your school lunch. <laughs> So maybe now you can see why the moon landing felt pretty special when it happened 50 years ago in the weird world of 1969. And that's the news from nowhere. Uh, Tommy, Jean, Jennifer. Uh, Jean, uh, Jean doesn't remember any of this. No, I remember it so well. You just brought back so m many memories, especially cars, like without seatbelts. And every time, you know, your mother would break, she'd put her arm out like a boom gate in front of you. <laughs> because otherwise you'd just fly off the seat. It wasn't called a dashboard for nothing. Well, you know, I've, re I've researched this thing for a book, all the 60s and 70s. And this is a weird fact, but it really is true. They, when they finally introduced the, that you had to wear the seatbelts, and they did bring them in for the back seat, and they would fine the adults for not wearing the... And they, for about four years, they didn't find the children... And anyone under 12 didn't have to wear a seatbelt oh. because, and I thought, why? And I read the parliamentary. They, just, they, they couldn't figure out a way of fining the children oh. because they didn't have enough pocket money. <laughs> How weird. And, and the idea didn't occur to them. You could find the driver. <laughs> but they didn't think of that. They didn't think yeah. of that. But why they thought the 12-year-old would be able to pay a fine like Well, Mum always tells the story of when we were kids, you know, we were used to cars. You know, we drove... You know, my dad was a mechanic and yeah. sold cars, so we were in cars from a very early age. But once she had this little kid came home for a play date and stood on the seat with us going home and every time Mum hit the brake, this little kid would fly over and mm. hit the dashboard mm. because it, it had never learnt this... Um, little girl had never learned how to brace yeah. herself. Like, you learned how to brace yourself. Every time the mum, bro you know, broke, you braced yourself against something. Yeah, but you wonder why we didn't do well at school. Well, there you that's go. Right. <laughs> I remember it too. It was concussion. Concussion, that's right. The whole thing, the whole... I think it's just like a... It's one of those weird frozen moments in time. Like, uh, I, I, I remember it specifically, you know. Like, I know that it was... Uh, I got my first real six-string down at the Five and Dime. <laughs> I know that uh, me and some guys from school, we had a band and we tried real hard. Jimmy quit. Jody got married. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was the best days of my life. Let so, me check. What, what season was it, Tommy? It was the summer. <laughs> what year, Tommy? The summer of 69. <laughs> and how, how is it that that whole song is so huge and never once mentions the moonlight? <laughs> never once! Ah. 
So, uh, well, this is the question from this week's news. This is the first question. Who mooned us all 50 years ago tomorrow? Who mooned us all? Is this to do with the aforementioned moon landing? It could be. <laughs> yes, yes. It's um, on the 16th of July in 1969, um, some really cool dudes landed on the moon. Not 16th. Not the 16th of July? 16 dudes landed on the moon. On the 16th of July. On the 16th of July? 20th. 20th? We just Time <laughs> is different in space. <laughs> I don't know if any of yeah. you have read Einstein. Yeah, thank you, Tommy. So, so if you eat too many space food sticks, you just get a little bit like a jet lag kind of situation. Um, I think it's, re- it's been a really lovely week for us to be unified in our, um, you know, we are earthlings and there is the moon. And many, many years ago, um, people went to the moon. Not that many years ago, Jennifer. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Some years ago, people went to the moon. But for someone like me who wasn't alive then, I think the lovely Thank you, thing... Jennifer. Uh, <laughs> now, now I mean, Jean, what are your recollections? In a time <laughs> far, far away, in a galaxy <laughs> called old age. You know, for someone who was born significantly later, I guess what I'm saying is it's been really nice that we've been able to join in with you guys this week by using the face app. To see what we'd look like if we were alive at the time of the moon landing. I think you were going to say it's very nice to see you can still remember it. That face up. Oh. That face up. You shouldn't use the face up. Everyone says it's owned by the Russians and they're collecting data on yeah. us all. Oh, God. I don't need the face up. I just look at my mum. I know how I'm going to look yeah. in another. Yeah, I don't need the face app. I just look in the mirror. (laughs) Well, I can't use the face app because I'm Asian. And as the wisdom of American comedian Margaret Cho says, if you're Asian, you look the same, the same, the same, the same, the same until you turn 60 and then you're Yoda. So (laughs) it doesn't really work on me. (laughs) So is that what the face app does, just do Yoda? but back to the moon the landing. The moon, yeah. Well, your story was great because I remember that, Jay, distinctly. Like, I don't remember what time I gave birth. Those sort of facts just escape me. I can very rarely remember the date of my wedding, you know, our anniversary. Always forget that and mix it up. But I remember... I think it was that... about nine months after you gave birth. No. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve months, actually. <laughs> um, but I remember the day at school where I was at Rosebud High. We were all taught, brought in... To, it was during school hours. We were all brought into the school hall, this huge hall, and there were hundreds of us. But I was in Year 7, so I got to sit in the front. So um, And then went all the way to the back of the hall, you know, Year 12s. And on the stage was this tiny television. Like, here we are landing men on the moon, but we've still got a television that looks like a small microwave, only fewer buttons and, and less good yeah. reception. Yeah. And there was a teacher... Hide for the day from retrovision, and they're about yeah. to come and pick it up again. Pick it up. And there's a teacher holding the rabbit ears, you know, on one leg to one side of it. And then they, you know, and we're watching this moon landing, but... It's on this tiny television. It's in black and white. We'd already had series and series of, um, you know, Star Trek and uh, Space Family Robinson and 2001 Space Odyssey. So it was sort of actually sort of, you know, like a bit of a, you know, letdown. There was no real... <laughs> there was no-one with plastic ears. Yeah. There was no Where's scary Spock? doctor. <laughs> Where, yeah, exactly. So it was really funny. Do, and do then, you, you, you know, remember, Tommy? Well, I was one. I was one. Uh, so, no. There's a lot of very aggressive uh, 
commentary here from Tommy. No, I still feel old, but that's my dad. You know, it's like, for some people, you know, when you watch the newsreels of the time, and you know, I was uh, there's a special that uh, ABC is doing with Brian Cox, and yep. I was um, I did some stuff with that early. So it's all that. And but I asked my dad. You know, my parents were right there, and I said, "What was it like?" I don't know. I had to milk the cows. <laughs> they just went about their day. They didn't even, to them, it was just something they read about in the newspaper a couple of days later. He was just milking the cows, yeah. and then he says, I think I had to change your nappy or something, and it's terrible. Here's a headline, but what's the utter yeah. news? The moon landing. I'm working into a new career as a setup man. <laughs> Punchlines are for amateurs. <laughs> but, you know, Fred, Fred Watson came on the radio this week. He was very inspiring about how it changed everything because we suddenly saw the fragile planet just bobbing in space and we understood that we were alone and that we had to look after each other and we had to look after the planet. I don't know. This is Rosebud High. Everyone was just punching each other and making out, you know, like halfway through it. So I don't know whether we ever thought like that. But, but know, it's I, a nice thought. It I, is I, a nice I, thought. But there's a, big, there's a big story in the ABC today about that, you know, the idea that all these astronauts come back and uh, find spirituality because they were faced with such an immense smallness in the world of space. And I go, man, I've, I've been to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same. There's no way I'm going into every one of these shops. Ever. I'm so small. Going to a shoe shop. I can only get one pair of shoes. Look at all these shoes. I'll never wear all these shoes. I don't have enough feet for that. My point is, I don't think you have to go to the moon. Yeah. To realise that we live on a fragile planet. <laughs> the, more, the more we'll do it. Uh, from this week's news, who keeps repeating that he's as mad as hell? Oh, well, we know who that is, Sean McAuliffe, because yeah. didn't they... Because, well, actually, he was mad because they repeated a show that had already been shown, and my mad as hell show, right? But So they um, showed a lot... So it's a topical... You know, it's satirical topical, show satirical, about politics, and they just and showed last week's again. I know, and they said it was a technical error, which is, you know, like... I prefer a human error because it means a label's fallen off a can and then someone's just, you know, taken a punt. <laughs> but anyway, it was a technical error and they played it. But for a comedian, I think, you know, if you're going to do a show about the ridiculousness of politics and what's going on and they do the same thing every week, well, he could just play the same one every week mm. and be still Well, I do wonder point. how many people would have just... This is not a criticism of the show, but of Australian politics, you just watch the whole thing and think... Just like last week. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly. what I agree. I was going to say, it's, what's a more satirically pointed than uh-huh. playing the same uh-huh. show? I thought they did it on purpose uh-huh. to say that nothing changes and you're still not paying attention. Get with it. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's some really smart technician yeah, who's trying smart. to make a philosophical point. Exactly. A political point. Yeah, really. But you remember, you remember that talking about uh, the old technology, the VHS days when you record a movie off uh, Channel 10 and you'd watch it six years later and you'd still have the news breaks in it. And you'd, sit, you'd find yourself sitting through saying, they're arguing over the GST and Paul Keating and Bob Hawke are having a fight over the leadership. And, and then only after a while would you realise you'd recorded it six years before, well, but the news was still good. Well, there's, that, <laughs> there's this story in America where these people were watching um, the telly and I, they, I don't know, they might have had a few bongs or something. Anyway, suddenly an alert for a tornado came on and they go, oh, my God, there's a tornado coming. Oh, we haven't done anything. And then, 
boarding up their house and they're wondering where to get out. And, you know, after they do all this, they realise it was a... It was a video they were watching. <laughs> but say, my aunt is in retail, and she, all oh, they're in VA, complained all the time about people just call trying to get the, whatever the special was that advertised, you know, this week, you know, this week only, you can yeah. get grapes for 10 cents a kilo. <laughs> we want to get the grapes. What are you talking about? That was a year ago. <laughs> well, grapes are the ABC's special. just reinventing those wonderful days of well, it's not. It's not so new, actually, because I think when you watch those, you know, those really sedating, relaxing extra channels on the great... British Bake Off and, you know, and Antique Roadshow, they just play episodes in any order starting in 1985 and you don't know which episode you're watching except for the work someone's had done on their face or the size of, <laughs> size of their beard or something, you know, like you just... And I reckon only about three, you know, golf tournaments have ever been taped and they just, you know, and they just play the same ones over and over. The, the only show that's really live is Costa's Gardening Show and you can see from the size of the beard... <laughs> If it's getting bigger, it's a fresh episode. Um, who, um, what's, who's now unsure? It likes the likes garnered by the likes of the likeable. Oh, this is the story of um, Instagram this week in Australia um, deciding that they were going to take a Pauline Hanson approach, uh, making it so that you couldn't like it. Um, you can't, you can't <laughs> like, you can't like posts anymore on Instagram. Well, you, you can, but then people can't see them anymore. Only you, the person with the profile on Instagram, yeah. can see how well, many they people say like sending, your posts. Sending people mad this competition. Yeah. I've got thirty six likes. My my friend exactly. has got forty two. I feel bad. The idea that we're emotionally dependent on these likes. Mm. So now it means you can just lie about how many people like your stuff. Because mm. no one knows. No one knows. No one knows. I got a thousand likes. That's right. We're all basically we're all Instagram influencers now. Congratulations, everyone. <laughs> but do we care? Like I, I, I don't know if it's young. I, that's where I feel old because I, it never occurs to me to say I like that. Like, why would I press the thumb? You know. But I, I take a picture. Hey, I had a sandwich today. Look, it's got extra tomato on it. Like well, I like that. But, but I don't like go out of my way to press a button to say. I mean, I, I just mentally register it. Ooh, double tomato. Nice. Okay, but, but I, 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 I post the podcast of Thank God It's Friday. Every, every Friday night I go home and I pop, post it on, on, on Twitter and on, on Facebook. And, yeah. and, and Tommy, I, I, thought, I thought you never liked it. I, th- I thought you, you were rating your own performance as poor. No, no, no. The only likes that that show get are me. <laughs> Guys, this sounds it's like a private conversation. the only thing that I press the thumb button for, and that's to protect you. <laughs> The one thing it just seems weird. The, like, like everybody's so needy. I don't understand yeah. the neediness. And like, it, well, it's creating so it's creating this anxiety in in young people who you you know, yeah. and probably older people. I don't know. I've only got one photo on Insta, and um, I call it Stagra. Instagram. <laughs> no, yeah, Insta's too easy. Stagra. Uh, Instagra. Stagra. Use the middle bit. <laughs> Why drop the first letter when you can drop the last? I'm so Instagram. But what my 21-year-old taught taught me about this whole thing, and you probably know this, Jen, because Jenny, because she's young. But um, as she keeps pointing out, she wasn't even alive during the (laughs) moonlight. Sorry, I was actually born in 19 Chinese, so you can't tell how old I am. Well, my, my daughter tells me, so what, what the problem with this is, the not seeing the likes on Instagram, is that you've got fraudulent influencers on Instagram. So you can buy followers. So, but the likes show you whether you're a fraud or not as an influencer. So an influencer can have like 3,000 um, followers, mm. but if they've only got 20 likes, it means they've bought 
followers. You can buy oh, followers. Okay, right, right. But <laughs> if you've got 3,000 followers and you get 3,000 likes and you're a real Instagram, you're a real influencer. Or you're just paying your followers a lot. You're bribing them yeah, a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Don't What's your one photograph on, on Insta? It's so boring. I tried to start it and someone helped set me up and they said, just do, you know, things that you would do in a day. So I took a photo out of, outside the plane window um, when I was going into Melbourne on a grey day and I said, me landing in Melbourne. And that was it. Like? <laughs> Come on. It's been there for two like years. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> it had, the last time I looked, it had 15 likes. Yeah, that's pretty good for the most boring photo. Look, <laughs> these young kids in the front are yeah. nodding. 15 likes yeah, for 15. the most boring photo. And then my husband said, well, it's been two years. Maybe you can take another photo out of the plane window and said, this is me leaving Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Dean, Jean Kitson and Jennifer Wong on Thank God It's Friday. Thank God It's Friday with Richard Glover. Was, uh, that was nice. I, uh, I've got my guests in. They were here a couple of weeks ago. They're wrapping up their Australian holiday. From Arizona. From, the, from Arizona. Mm. And we have oh, very... yeah. Okay. Why do they always sit in the back row? Uh, because that's where America deserves to be. <laughs> <laughs> we can't all be at the front, Richard. Uh, but they, uh, we were talking last night about the differences in uh, trying to understand temperature yeah. between Celsius and Fahrenheit. Yeah. And uh, it was, I thought it was an excellent opportunity for them to see yeah. uh, that Graham only mentioned numbers between 18 and 23. Hmm. And yet with each single digit he went up, the crowd... Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, 23, that's nice. And then back to 20, oh, that's dramatic. 18, that's Wait. five digits lower than 23. Well, you're saying Fahrenheit's better because it shows you... It gives no, it just goes so gradually, you know, we... Because, you know, Fahrenheit, you kind of still work in fives. 90 to 95 is not a big deal. 90 to 100 is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, you know, it's too hot. Mm. I still find uh, Fahrenheit easy to remember, don't you think? No, I, yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm, I'm still, uh, back to you being so young, I'm, I'm, st- I'm still in the thing where I, you know, when the police say the, guy, the, the offender is 183 centimetres tall, I don't know what that means. Yeah. No, I don't no. know whether that means he's here or he's here. I know, I don't even know my own height in centimetres. I have to keep relearning it. Oh. You know, like, because you learn when you're a kid and then it just sticks in your brain. Yeah. But um, my husband on his weather app, he's just changed it to Fahrenheit recently. He just thought after, like, you know, 40 years, bugger it. Yeah, bugger it. I'm going back to what I like. Yeah, I'm I with him. I prefer Fahrenheit. I, I think oh, the they way... Are. They're agreeing up the back yeah. from mm. Arizona. The way people keep on changing things on us is unfair. <laughs> I think it's still called the Bank of New South Wales, and when I visit, <laughs> I'll fly TAA. That's right. <laughs> And I'll have you know, I have not been more than 12 stone for years. <laughs> You're listening to 2BL. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, traditional gender stereotypes took a belting this week when the first woman was selected as a high-grade umpire for the rugby league. Good on Belinda Sharp, mm. who had her debut during last night's game between the Broncos and Bulldogs at Lang Park. First high-grade female umpire in the NRL. So what's left in terms of occupation or just behaviour? In other words, what are the gender stereotypes that still tick you off? Tommy Dean. Well, I think uh, the, the football is a very excellent one. Uh, Belinda Sharp, I, I think we've waited way too long uh, to bring women as umpires because it is still very much a gender stereotype uh, that men are frightened of women in authority. 
So I would be, you know, like a referee blows a whistle and says, hey, quit doing that. And the players are like, hey, you shut up, you're a stupid referee. But Belinda blows a whistle. Oh, sorry, Mom. <laughs> so sorry, I won't do it again. I'm sorry. So you're saying the first NRL footballer to mistakenly call her mum. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it more and more? You remember at school when you called your primary school teacher Uh, mum? (laughs) How Uh, embarrassing that was. So embarrassing. Uh, But that's exactly what it is. I'm so sorry. I'll never hit him in the head again. (laughs) I'm going to apologize right now. I'm sorry, Joey. (laughs) I didn't mean to hit you in the head. No, but I don't. Uh, Jen, I was thinking about. It. I don't know. I mean, I you know, from a personal point of view, and I keep saying this to my wife. I quit expecting men to fix stuff. It's a stereotype that men know how to fix stuff. And kill rats. That's right. We don't know. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy who knows how to fix stuff. Let's call him and give him money. Hmm. But the least we can do to pretend... I, I, you know, I love when you drive down the, the, the highway and you see some guy with the hood up of the car waiting for the NRMA, NRMA guy to come. Hmm. And he's staring intently into the engine as if he's got the foggiest what's going on yeah. there. That's what I mean, and that's what I mean. I'm, not, I'm modern. I'm modern. I am straight into my wallet. NRMA card. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. But I will occasionally go to the, the pet store and you can buy dead rats that, you know, you feed the snakes and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then I just bring them home and then walk out as my wife gets home from work. Oh, excuse me. I was putting these in the bin. <laughs> Doing a little extermination yeah, work. Yeah. And she says, oh, yeah. Tommy, you're so manly. So manly. Look at me. Like, in a brace and I have like a little hobo stick with a... Bag of cheese wrapped up in a cloth. It's <laughs> gone for a walk. <laughs> Gotta go plant some trees for the nation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, a lot of it's breaking down. So if any problem happens, you, you, you just you, you ring a man. Ring a man or a woman. Huh? Uh, there's, a, there's a group called Female Tradies. I'm all for that. Mm. Um, I, I just just don't, li- don't ask you to do it. We have a guy currently doing some renovation in our house, and he had to do some work under the house. And he said, hey, mate, uh, where's the access to under your house? And I said, hey, mate, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, it made no sense to me. Huh? What do you mean, under the house? There's no under the house. Apparently there is. <laughs> and he pointed out, there's some rats down there. Mm. Some actual rats that I should go down and save some money. <laughs> Pay them $10 each to kill them for you. Jennifer, are there gender stereotypes that still uh, tick you off? Yeah, I think um, the idea that girls should do certain things and that boys should do certain things is something that we have to think about. But I think the last couple of years I've probably been thinking more about the idea of um, racial stereotypes as opposed to gender stereotypes. You know, for example, when people um, apply for work and they have CVs with you know, ethnic-sounding names on them, they're less likely to get called in for an interview, which is why whenever I apply for a job, I change my name. I don't use my Chinese name. I use the name Dave Hughes. So um, <laughs> I find that it's helped yeah. dramatically. I, I have noticed he's been booked for a lot of festivals <laughs> all on the same night. You know, if you sit back far enough, you can't tell it's not me. <laughs> Jean Kitson, are there still... Stereotypes. Well, I could only think of any of of them in sport, once again. Like um, the female commentators for sports, like AFL, they always have a woman, but she's down on the boundary in the freezing cold while all the male commentators (laughs) are snug in the box. And they say commentators and they've got a list of the men and then one woman at the bottom and she's on the ground. 
And I think that's... Um, I think we need more, you know, more women in there because yeah. women are certainly in the stands yelling yeah, well, out she, their she, opinion. You know, Shannon Byrne, who, who comes on our, our show, she's going to Darwin and primarily she told me she, the reason she's going is to get off the, stand, the sideline. And get into the box. Into the box. She should be there already. Yeah. I mean, she should, like, you know, smash that glass ceiling. And, in fact, I'm with Tommy, you know. When I want to smash a glass ceiling, I just get a little man to come around and smash it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then clean up after himself. And, uh, it's uh, too hard on the nails otherwise. No, uh, <laughs> and also golf. You know, I think where, where are the female golf commentators? Mm-hmm. Mind you, if a female was commentating golf, she'd probably go, and there he is, you know, he's pulled out his five iron and that's about the only iron he's ever pulled out in his <laughs> life. <laughs> and I don't know why he's there when he should be home cleaning the gun. And mowing the lawn. Are we ready for the wheel of death, ladies and gentlemen? Each week, when our audience comes in, they throw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Today's topics for Mr. Thomas Dean uh, in front of his friends from Arizona. So the tension's on. So tense. You know, they, they might say to you afterwards, they must say, oh, that was so terrible. We're going home. Yeah, there's the uh, like. <laughs> like. Not subscribe. Unlike, unsubscribe. Uh, here we go. USA Uluru, 42. Moonwalk. Well, technically that was the meaning of life, but I oh, yeah, abbreviated yeah. it. 42. Moonwalk, custard tart, riddle, tour de France, truffle, Apollo 11, leeches, yes, reincarnation, maths. That must come from one of the Australians in the audience because if it was the Americans, it would just be maths. Really? That's why I... Yeah, so we know. <laughs> I'm hoping that one comes up so I can explain it to him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and public toilets. There are topics. Which ones fill you full, you f- fill you full of fear? Uh, I find it disappointing that public toilets is so close to USA. <laughs> <laughs> round and round and round it goes where it stops. No one knows. Today's topic, Tommy, is leeches. Suzu oh. threw in leeches. Very good. Leeches, leeches, go, leeches. That topic sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Really, no, really, I think you're right. It gets under your skin, yeah. <laughs> makes your blood boil. It's terrible. Uh, I like leeches. Uh, I like the idea of leeches because it reminds us that sometimes you have to try something to realize something else needs to be tried later. Um, and I can only guess from looking at you, ma'am that you have upfront experience with this as a medicinal herb. And I just want you to know we have moved on. The phlebotomy of today is much more advanced. It's very exciting. But they use them in medicine. They use them in medicine. Yeah. Was, uh, you know, they had to get the bad humors out. So if you had to get blood out, you would just get bugs that suck blood. It made sense. It, was too, it, was, it made sense. It was fun to do. Because they grow up at the time, remember, we also didn't have balloons. <laughs> so and doctors at the time didn't also, they didn't have lollies to give the kids, but they wanted to give them a balloon to make it a happy time to come to the doctor. So they would put the leeches on, and that would bring out their bad humors, and then afterwards, they would give them a balloon of their bad humors <laughs> and remind them not to pop it. And I thought it was a great lesson. The only person who's laughing at you is the 13-year-old young woman. (laughs) Because she likes balloons. (laughs) I also like leeches because they are why I no longer have to go camping. Uh, Because my wife and I went camping once uh, when we were first dating, 
and we parked our tent in what I can only assume was uh, an old hospital. (laughs) And what I found interesting is that we were both uh, deeply uh, infested with leeches, um, and oddly, we were both of quite foul humor. (laughs) So it made me think that the early texts that the medicine doctors had written down were wrong. Um, uh, and then we quit arguing because we had no blood left. Maybe you didn't have enough leeches. Maybe if you had more leeches, they'd have taken the bad humours out. No, it was too many. I, it was too many. I think that was the mistake. I think, like right now, I am currently running on a, a mixture of Red Bull and embalming fluid. <laughs> Which, don't, don't mix those, by the way. <laughs> the young girl in the front. Um... But we moved on. You know, we moved on. Uh, we, you know, now we have natural phlebotomy. You know, I, I don't know. Do you do plasma donation in Australia? Yeah, sure. Uh, for money? No. What? You don't get paid to we, sell your plasma? No, we do it be, uh, because we, we believe that we're good citizens and we owe it to our brothers and sisters to help them out in times of need. What a backwards people you are. <laughs> that stuff's worth cash. <laughs> cash and cookies. <laughs> Oh, we get the cookies. cookies. We get the cookies. Oh, you get the cookies. Oh, yeah. yeah, we get a biscuit and a cup of tea. Yeah. Definitely. And $15. I just wonder if the blood donors used leeches, because you know when leeches actually bite you, you don't feel them at all, but you sure feel that needle going in when they try to take... Why don't they just go back to leeches? Because the, the leeches put a little, uh, you know, an- anaesthetic thing. Mm. An- that, anaesthetic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, so they used to use mosquitoes, but the problem was corralling them. <laughs> It was just, it, you know, it made sense. It was just the first one they knew about. And then they came across the leeches. And then eventually they worked out the needle system, which they stole from the, the mosquitoes. That was where we got the inspiration for it. And then, uh, then we moved up to uh, the bag system, uh, which we got from the ticks. Uh, the ticks, that was actually the setback. The ticks actually were pre-leeches, but that didn't work out. Uh, the same idea. The, the ticks would bring the blood out, but then Lyme disease or something? I remember. <laughs> It sounded nice at the time. And even at Lyme disease at the time, uh, was, it was nice because, uh, you know, it was a tropical fruit that Australia didn't have access to. <laughs> and, and it sounded refreshing. It sounded like something that you'd want to put on your medical certificate to wag a sickie. Well, I've got Lyme disease. Doesn't that sound nice? I'll have a Pacifico with it. <laughs> quite nice. Uh, but now, uh, clearly, uh, we know a lot more about blood science. And, and the secret is to match. I like, I like the idea of blood types. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, my blood type is A-OK. <laughs> uh, that's my blood type. Uh, do you know your blood type, Jennifer? Uh-huh. As a high-achieving Asian, my blood type is A-positive. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Jean, do you know your... O-negative. I'm the universal blood. So, like, my blood, when I give blood, it can be used for anyone. Do you, do you know how much that's Anyone. worth? Do you know how much that's worth? I know. I'm just thinking that cha-ching, ka-ching, or however you say that. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But yes. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Tell you what you're saying. But, you know, we don't do that in Australia. We don't sell our blood. We don't, st- we don't sell our cord blood either. We just donate it. We're mm. very generous. We're generous. Except We're when it comes to franking credits. <laughs> uh, but my point is, uh, they taught us a lot. Uh, we had a lot of fun along the way, and, uh, and until we come up with a new creature that will do the job for us, uh, we're just going to have to go with the system as it is at the moment. Um, but I like the term blood bank. 
uh, which is nice. Mm. Um, but, you know, there'll be a GFT coming. <laughs> what? I have no idea what I'm doing now. <laughs> Nonetheless, I really thought you were going to close it out on Franken credits. That would have been good. Oh, good. Uh, we're very generous people, except when it comes to Franken credits. That's it. Hit the button. Hit the button. Thank God. Thank God. You know what? Just so you know, thematically, a lot of people think uh, that I don't know how to wrap up something. <laughs> but I was actually, and, and this is not an insult to you not understanding it, uh, but if you know anything about leeches, you know that they do their work, they do their work, they do their work, and then they just quietly fall off. Oh, so that was like that was a perfect leech circle that yeah. I had created, but so you just didn't realize it. That was very meta comedy. Very meta. Yeah. Very meta. It was like the, it was like the Sean. McKellar so that sort of that feeling of being mm. sort of slightly sated and then dead mm. that you managed to achieve by the end of that was intentional. Nice. Yeah. Very, Very nice. A <laughs> little disappointed that Amy didn't sing back up on it. <laughs> we have Tommy Dean Jenkinson and Jennifer Wong and our patient audience. Thank you. <laughs> now, uh, red, fa red faces for cricket umpires this week as the game between the UK and the Kiwis was given to the Brits because of a misunderstanding by the umpires of an obscure rule. What's the moment in your life you'd like to relive making a different choice to the one that you made at the time. Jean Kitson. Well, can I just have a look at this? Can I, do, I, I don't know whether everyone, everyone knows the rule. Do you all know what happened in the cricket? I'll yes. explain it to you. I know. So, and even well, for cricket... Why so many people running for the door? <laughs> even for, no, I'll be quick. Because even for cricket, it is a terrific rule. It is a fabulous rule. If someone who isn't even bowling chucks a ball in your general direction and you accidentally hit it without meaning to hit it, you get lots of runs. So imagine if we just use this rule more often. Imagine how exciting cricket could be if they all played with lots of balls and anyone on the, the not batting side could just chuck a ball at anyone with a bat. And what, would but, everyone have bats? Yeah, no, yeah, you'd have the batting side with everyone with bats and the non-batting side with everyone with balls. And anyone who has a bat, you just chuck the ball at them and the batsman only gets a run if he didn't mean to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> and if the bat, batsman doesn't mean to hit it, he loses runs, and they could even like you could even play blindfolded. How amazing would that be? I think it's called federal parliament, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> You're getting very close to hurling. Okay. <laughs> it is a crazy rule. But back to your question. Yeah, when have you wanted to re? The I, moment is those umpires. Well, I couldn't think of anything really except like because your life has been per perfect. Because perfect. I think I, I psychologically, the only reason I can get out of bed in the morning is if I block anything that is regrettable in my life. So the only thing I could think of, and when someone asks me what moment would you change in time, instead of thinking of the millions of moments I've probably had with, that I want to change in time, all I can think of is menu envy. Like the times when someone gets a, you know, we're out to dinner and someone gets something and I get something and I wish I'd ordered what they had. Mm. That's the only, like, thing that I, time, I want to turn back time. I really want to turn back time and order the schnitzel. <laughs> Why do we always order the worst thing? I don't know. Why does ours always look yeah. not as good as the person next and door? And the person on the other side is, oh, yeah. Probably thinking they want, but they won't swap. 
No. No. I think it's only some of us who think like that, Richard. Otherwise, everyone would be swapping meals all the time. But the, the important thing is, you, as a woman, you're free to say to you, when the waiter comes, you say, oh, I don't want any dessert. Uh, and, but you say to your husband or partner, you say, <laughs> yeah. but you, you have some and, and they order a beautiful dessert and, and then it arrives and it's put in front of the, the husband or the partner and then you pick up a long spoon. <laughs> <laughs> you lean across... And you eat the lot. And you eat the lot. <laughs> exactly. You ask him some question yeah. to keep him talking and then you just yeah. eat it. There's, saying, that's a ploy. You say, I'm so glad I didn't order anything, I'm full. <laughs> <laughs> when's, what's the, Jennifer, when, when's the time you, you've wanted to relive that moment? Well, do, it some, do it differently. I, I feel a little bit like Jean in this situation in that I also have very, very few regrets in my life. And that's mainly thanks to hours and hours of psychotherapy. Um, so I guess the moment that I would talk about is the moment that I subconsciously decided that I wouldn't try to play sports properly, that I wouldn't learn how to throw things because um, it, it seemed like it wasn't something that a bookish person would know how to do. So I have always regretted not being um, better at sports stuff because one time... Um, when we were filming something, I had to throw a set of keys into a swimming pool where someone was sitting on, like, a floatable device. And um, it was in Adelaide. It was 43 degrees. And you can only imagine how happy people were when it took me 15 times to try to get that set of keys on the person and finally they had to fake it. So it's very difficult. That's, that's yeah. When I fall asleep yeah. at night, that's what kind of keeps me up. Um, we haven't been able to process that yet. So if anyone's got a good psychologist they can recommend for that, um, I'd be most grateful. So a sports psychologist for someone who's no good at sport. That's right. Tell me, what's the moment you want to relive? It's difficult. Uh, I mean, you understand the nature of time and how we're all interconnected and the idea that you just change one small ripple and that changes the ripple that that would have changed and how that affects everything. It's, it's difficult. I mean, you can think, you know, if you keep it all contained to an individual moment, there's something I would have liked to have done different. But I mean, how far back do you go? Um, I'd like to try that leeches thing again. <laughs> I mean, it's an idea, <laughs> but I couldn't try it here. You've already, you've already been, you've seen it. So, you know, we can't without, like, literally without time to yeah, go backwards. Yeah, but it'd be good to see a so good I version. Can... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, but that's what I mean. Oh, no, he's absolutely right. <laughs> it would like to be good. Um, I would like to, in high school, I would have liked to have taken a foreign language. Oh. Uh, but then I probably would have excelled at it and then moved to that country. <laughs> and I would be there right now. <laughs> Being mildly amusing about insects. <laughs> In a romance language. Um, but I never did that. Uh, I would like to... I didn't go to university. I would have liked to, you know, maybe go to university. What would you have... Uh... Well, I would have done drugs a lot earlier. <laughs> I just feel that without access to higher education, it took me years to get involved. <laughs> wasted. So many wasted years. Um, a friend of mine was uh, selling merchandise for the ACDC concert, and I got, I got free tickets. Uh, for some reason, I said no. You said no said to no. free tickets to ACDC? I know. I know. I know. What a mistake. What were you thinking, Tommy? I was... I was I, you were drugged. I, can't, I think I was probably... <laughs> yeah, I was too stoked to go. Yeah. <laughs> they would have scared me. <laughs> I can't remember. I literally can't remember. It had something to do with the kids. I think that the kids had uh, some sort of activity uh, that I had to do. There's a lot of... Kids regret. <laughs> but, like, in a very isolated, selfish way. That's why I'm very careful with it because, you know, like, party things. Well, maybe uh, if we had gone uh, to a different restaurant that night, 
I'd still have more rooms in my house. <laughs> but I don't, I, don't, I don't want to dwell on it. So no. if I, when it really comes right down to it, uh, I wish that I would have bought a coffee before I came into the show tonight. And I wish that the wheel would have clicked one more click. <laughs> <laughs> that is father of twins, Tommy Dean, who's here with Jim Kitson and Jennifer Wong. I'm going to go on a Friday. Uh, who are the winners and losers of this week, Jean Kitson? Well, um, the winners, I suppose the winners are the English cricket team who proved that if you make the rules, you can break the rules. <laughs> and the losers are really the Insta influencers, I suppose, you know, because if, even if you disagree, you can't hit dislike because there's no dislike. So they're the losers. But also I did hear something that, that was probably losers. It, apparently young people no longer want to be astronauts anymore. They want to be like YouTubers and things like that, which um, is perfectly understandable really because as a parent, you know, if you can't get your kids to go outside, how are you going to get them to go to Mars? <laughs> <laughs> really? Who were the winners and losers? Jennifer Wong. Uh, the loser this week was the sun, as in the big hot ball in the sky. And I'll tell you why, because the winner this week was the moon. Mm. You know, so much attention on the moon this week with the moon landing, the eclipse. Um, the moon really eclipsed the sun this week. Nice. Yeah, nice. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Richard. <laughs> the look on Richard's face. It's poetic. And who were the winners other than us for hearing that joke? <laughs> but I would like to go back. Uh, the, the nature of how comedy infuses our very being. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, I was here with my friends uh, from Arizona, and you told a lovely story about driving on your holiday. And uh, one of the phrases that you used in your funny story was, Well done, Dickie. Mm, yes. And I don't know if you know this, but I've had to listen to it for two weeks. <laughs> One of those jokes that catches on at a local level, and no matter what I did, one of the young kids would look at me, well done, Dickie. <laughs> and occasionally when driving somewhere, put me in the gutter. Put me in the gutter. Why do people find the name Dickie funny? I've never understood. So weird. But I'm just saying, it's just a small moment you don't think about. Um, so that was the winner. The winner is just the knowledge that we are all interconnected. Uh, and in the spirit of that, and giving it back to everyone, uh, another thing that uh, my friends and I uh, like to do is uh, eat cheese. We are fond of the fromage, mm. uh, but I use a very Chinese-styled knife uh, to uh, cut it with. Uh, There's the no need to look at Jennifer every time you mention the word Chinese. <laughs> because uh, the truth is, I'm not convinced she is. <laughs> she keeps saying it so often, I think she's hiding something. Yeah. And she looks suspiciously like Dave Hughes. <laughs> so weird. Please thank Tommy Dean, Jean Kitson and Jennifer Wong. Uh, I did pretty good questions this week. Uh, what would you like to say to me about the questions I did? Good job, Dickie. <laughs> thank you very much. And good job, Tommy, Jean, Jen Jennifer and you guys. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Uh, next week, Wendy Harmer will be here. James O'Loughlin and Tommy Dean. Music from Opera Australia's Madam Butterfly. Google ABC TJF to join the audience or to subscribe to the podcast. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday.